أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته So uh, today we're doing Surah Al-Zalzala uh, Surah number 99 uh, of the Quran and you know again this is a, a Mecca Surah that was uh, you know again one of the shorter Surahs of uh, the Quran just eight ayat but according to a lot of Mufassirun this Surah they say that it is enough for a human being to get his act together. This surah. If believers or anybody understood the surah and applied it in his life, it's enough. It summarizes like the entire deen also. So another uh, deep surah that we'll shall I try to reflect on some of the ayat. So just a bit of background. So disbelievers, primarily they have three main doubts. Okay? That they just have a problem with accepting. One of the doubts is the doubt that this world will come to an end. How can it be possible? These stars, this, you know, the Sama'un Shaqqat and the Shams and everything, all of these, these creations that that's around them, they have this doubt that this will come to an end. That's the first doubt. The second doubt is the doubt of accountability. They can't believe that some, someone's watching them all the time. They can't absorb this idea that someone's recording their deeds all the time. You know, that there's going to be a day of accountability. This concept of accountability for them, they really, they can't, uh, you know, swallow this idea. That they're angels literally recording what they do. And the last doubt they have, or the last, you know, psychology of shirk that they have is the, shirk, the thought of shafa'a. That even though they're messed up, even though there is a day of judgment, they will get away with it. Why? Because they have wasta. They have someone who can back them up, someone who can sneak them into Jannah somehow, you know, and bribe them out of, uh, you know, hellfire. So they have this, these, three div- uh, these three misconceptions. What are they? Just to make sure you're listening. Number one, this, this world will come to an end. Number two, accountability. And number three, the, the idea of shafa'ah. The idea that someone can hook you up. And this, you know, we, in the world we use it. If someone's working in a company and his father owns the company, what does he naturally do at work? He relaxes, right? He takes it easy. Why? Because he knows someone's going to back him up. No one's going to fire him. He has strong backing. And so this surah will eliminate all these three doubts. Okay? Um, so, a'udhu billahi Allah starts off by saying that when this earth will shake its shaking. Okay? When the earth will shake its shaking. And so this is, uh, you know, Allah starts off by removing one of the doubts that this world is going to come to an end. Okay? Now, there's a lot of subtleties in the language. You know, and as these surahs get shorter, we'll focus more on the subtlety of the language because you appreciate the depth of the meaning itself and the choice of the words and the letters. And so Allah says, Ida. Why did He say Ida? Because Ida actually emphasizes that it's going to happen. It's only a matter of time when. You know, Ith, if it was Ith, is it going to happen or no? I'm still not sure. But Ida means it's happening. It's just a matter of when. Okay? And Zulzila til ardu zilzala. So the word Zulzila. Is repeated twice, right? Zulzilat, zilzala. Okay. So, what's the emphasis of repeating the word? First of all, the emphasis of repeating the word is the fact that earthquakes, when they happen, usually they happen for a while and then there's a pause, right? And the earth shakes again and there's a pause. 
You know, they call them after, uh, there's an after effect of an earthquake also, always. And so this is one emphasis to it, that the earth is going to shake, and then it's going to stop, and it's going to repeatedly shake, and stop, and shake, and stop. There's no end to it, okay? The other thing here is the word Zulzila, Zinzal. You see the repetition of the Zin, Lam, Zin, Lam, right? That emphasizes also the repetition, that the shaking will not stop, you know? Constant shaking. And this is used in the Arabic language for other words like waswasa. Shaitan will never stop. He does waswas, goes back, comes back. He never gives up, you know? Waswasa. Khanasa. Waswasa. Khanasa. We look at it when we get to Surat al Nas. And so these words that have repetitions in their meanings, in, in their letters, they actually emphasize the repetition in the meaning. And zalla in the Arabic language means to slip and fall. That's zalla. A slip and a fall. And so that's the imagery Allah is drawing here. That earth, the earthquake when it happens, the zilzal when it happens, this grand zilzal, you, you will find it hard to stand. It's going to be so, like this earth is going to be so, shaking so much, so intensely, it's going to be difficult for you to find your balance. And you can consistently fall, get up, fall again, get up, fall again. Okay? And in another place in the Quran, Allah, He describes the Day of Judgment like He says, you will see that people on that day will seem like they're drunk, but they won't be drunk. So why drunk? Because drunk people, number one, their, their mind is not working right, right? They're not in their sanity. And so that's what's happening here. Allah is describing psychologically the people during the zilzal, they're going to psychologically also like, be kind of crazy. And number two, physically, drunk people, what do they do? They don't have that balance, right? And... Sometimes they fall. So that's the imagery here Allah is drawing of people who are, they've lost their mind, they don't know what's going on. And literally, you know, later on we'll see, وَقَالَ الْإِنسَانُ مَا لَهَا The insan will say, what's going on? What's wrong, what's wrong with this earth? Why isn't it stopping? Why isn't this earthquake stopping? He's going to question this. So it's completely, he's going to be lost and deluded and, you know, like confused. What's going on? So that's the imagery here that's being drawn. Another beautiful meaning here is that the earth, when it starts shaking, it's shaking. Allah says, Zilzalaha means it's shaking. Okay, the earth's shaking. Now, one thing about this is when, when earthquakes happen nowadays, they happen in certain countries only, right? Certain cities, certain countries. So if, if there's an earthquake in Mexico, well, we won't feel it here in Bahrain, right? happening there. But Allah is here saying that the ard will do zilzal. Which means which part of the world, uh, which part of the earth? Every single part of the earth will do zilzal. Everyone's going to feel it. You know, you're not going to hear about it on the news. Everyone's going to feel it and it's going to be for all at the same time. The other thing here is zilzalaha, the earth's shaking, which means many things. Number one, the earth was created to shake. But who has put the pause button on? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a pause button on. On that day, pause off. Okay, do your job. Fulfill your purpose. Another beautiful meaning here is the earth is sick and tired of the corruption and the filth and the disobedience on earth and the arrogance of the human being. It just can't stand still. It wants to shake. Khalas. Ya Allah, I have had enough. These human beings, they're really messed up. I want to shake. Khalas. Let's you know, game over, let's call it game over, you know. And so these are the beautiful meanings of this uh, 
And Allah says, Zulzilat. It's beautiful. He doesn't say, Zalzalaha Allah. You know, like, Fadamdam Arihim Rabbom. That's Allah's taking ownership. Here he's saying, Zulzilat. This earth is shaking. I'm going to make it happen. Passive form, you know? It's a, it's a simple thing. I'm just going to call for it to happen. It's going to happen. Zulzilat. And then Allah said, وَأَخْرَجَتِ الْأَرْضُ أَثْقَالَهَا And, and that, on that day, and of course this is referring to which day? The day of judgment, right? And some scholars say this refers to the second blowing of the trumpet. Because we know there's two blowings of the trumpet, right? The first one where all creation will die. And then the second one where everyone will be raised. Everyone will be resurrected and day of judgment. That's the beginning of the day of judgment. And so, وَأَخْرَجَتِ الْأَرْضُ أَثْقَالَهَا The earth will release. أَخْرَجَ means to release something out. Release what out? أَثْقَالَهَا From ثقل, ثقل Which means something that's heavy A burden So it's as if the earth has burdens inside of us Inside of it And it wants to release it out It can't handle it anymore And it's beautiful here because you know the traveler When he travels What, do you, what does he usually carry with him? Luggage, right? And you don't carry your suitcase on your back Why? You drag it Why? Because it's heavy, right? But then Let's say you do have a backpack and several shopping bags in your bag and you're traveling, but you finally reach the hotel room or your family, whoever you're visiting. You reach there, you put your luggage down, and then what do you say? Alhamdulillah, you know? say Alhamdulillah, we reached. So Allah is describing the, the idea that this is going to be the end of the journey and it's going to be time to put your luggage down. That's it, you know? You struggled in your life, time to put the luggage down. Interesting, the word athqal will later come with mithqal. So mithqal and thiqal, they're linked. Okay? And thiqal also means um, balance, which we will see later on. When you balance something against another, that's also called mithqal, from heaviness. Okay? But in mithqal, it's actually describing a scale where you put the, the tomatoes on one side and the weight on the other, right? So you need weight on both sides to measure. You know? Otherwise, if, if, there, if you just have weight on one side, there's no measurability there. Okay? There's no accountability. Allah is here hinting to the fact that you know, accountability is also part of this word, mithqal. And so the releasing of this burden, just like a pregnant woman, you know, nine months of pregnancy, and then baby comes out and release you know release so um, there's pain in the delivery also right mothers go through a lot of pain for the delivery so similarly you can imagine that this earth it can't wait for that but it's willing to go through that pain also to release finally it came out so what is the burden this, this earth is holding on to the burden of the human being being corrupt, the human being not being a slave of Allah, the human being not being someone who has lived up to his role in life, right? Someone who has lived a useless life, no meaning in life, someone who has spent his entire life not knowing what his purpose is, you know? Someone living his life just like animals, or even worse, following the desires and shahawat, you know, uh, just fulfilling his nafs desires whatever it feels like doing whatever it feels like seeing eating you know eating whatever he wants doing whatever he wants saying whatever he wants no accountability no sense of uh, justice you know and no sense of mercy halas dryness hatred you know anger towards one another 
ego issues, all these negative things that we've been talking about, the earth has had enough. It wants to release all of this stuff out. And subhanAllah, you know, in another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about, you know how sometimes we have earthquakes in dunya, right? We see them on TV and some people have experienced, you know, I've experienced an er a mini earthquake in our like office building. Uh, if you guys remember, it happened a couple of years ago. Literally, like the, the blinds started shaking and you could feel, because I was on the 18th floor of the tower, so literally you could feel the, you, you feel like nausea, you know, like you feel something is not right, you're out of balance and the window blinds are moving and so the alarm goes on and the security guard says you need to exit the building right away, lifts are closed. So everyone's coming down the stairs. It's literally panic mode, yani, you know, the, and everyone's panicking. The people who pray and the people who don't pray, everyone's like, there's this terrifying feeling inside, subhanAllah. It was a scene to see, yani. you know, mini trailer of Day of Judgment, yani, you know. Although the shaking was like, it was a joke, yani, you know, when I was dancing, yani. it's not like that violent shake. We can still, subhanAllah, with that small, small just reminder, people completely freak out, you know. Even the one who is arrogant in the office, he's freaking out. The one who doesn't pray, the one who's not caring about, you know, fulfilling the rights of Allah, or the, the one who has not bad akhlaq, he doesn't care about the rights of people around him. Everybody is scared. There's no ego, ah, earthquake, it's okay, I can handle it. Yani. Where does the ego go in that split second, you know? SubhanAllah, you know? Allah puts us in our place. So, Allah in that ayah beautifully says, ظَهَرَ الْفَسَادُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِي النَّاسِ لِيُذِيقَهُمْ بَعْضَ الَّذِي عَمِلُوا لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ It's such a beautiful ayah. Allah is saying that the corruption on the land and the sea has been exposed. Why? Because of what the man has earned for himself. بِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِي النَّاسِ Because of what people have done on this earth. And then why does Allah remind them of these ayat? He says, لِيُذِيقَهُمْ بَعْضَ الَّذِي عَمِلُوا لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ To make them taste a bit of what they have done in this world, perhaps, so that perhaps they may come back to us. So these mini punishments and mini reminders are actually like blessings in disguise, if you think about it, you know. A lot of people who like are, you know, atheists and people who have these doubts about deen, they say, that, why is Allah so cr cruel and why is Allah so punishing and why does he you know cause earthquakes if you claim he's a rahman and rahim and he's the god of mercy how come he's doing all these punishments and so in these mini punishments there is a reminder for us isn't there right or no a reminder for us to get back on track that this you know don't take this for granted this peace that you're in this uh, harmony that you're in don't take it for granted this could end any time and so, subhanAllah, this is a, yani, a reminder for us. And Allah is saying, بِمَا كَسَبَتْ nas Because of what human beings did on earth. What is a human being doing on earth? He's doing facade, right? There's human beings cheating in business. There's human beings killing one another for no reason. Human beings, you know, uh, running haram businesses and polluting the, the earth with their factories, with their, um, you know, garbage. Animal rights are not being met pollution in the earth, the ozone rail, uh, layer is getting messed up, facade on earth. And so Allah is saying, sometimes Allah sends us these reminders to remind us that we're doing messed up things, really messed up things, it's time to get back on track. 
okay, time to get back on track. And these reminders are in disguise. But on that day, when إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا On that day, it's not a reminder anymore. What is it? It's game over now, you know? And so the first doubt of the disbeliever that we talked about, the doubt of this day coming to an end, it gets deleted. You know, خلاص, it's resolved. There's no more doubt. It's, it's happening. And you know, إِذَا زُلْزِلَتْ means you have to put yourself in that situation. It's just put yourself in that situation. When the earth shakes, how will you feel that day? You know, it's making us live that moment. Live the moment when the earth will shake. It puts you into perspective, right? It makes you think about that moment and what's a priority and what's not. And you know, أَخْرَجَتِ الْأَرْضُ أَثْقَالَهَا Another beautiful meaning of that is what is the human being running after in this dunya? Primarily money, right? Primarily money. The love, because you can summarize the love of this life of dunya can be summarized in one word, love of money. Okay? And so, what here, um, and we'll see this in the next surah. And he, verily, to the love of khair, which Mufassirun have said it is wealth, لشديد, he is extremely in love with wealth. Extremely wants to upgrade his lifestyle. Extremely wants to fulfill his need of wanting to buy the next gadget and the next car and the bigger house and travel the next country. You know, he has these wish lists that he wants to complete compete in with society because through wealth he he feels that through wealth he can gain respect in society and honor and power. Okay, so that that love of wealth, Allah is saying, on that day, all these treasures that you have hidden. All these resources that you're running after, everything is going to come out. And the disbeliever will see these resources on the Day of Judgment. And what is he going to do? Is he going to run after money on that day? If there's a pile of a million dinars on the Day of Judgment in front of you, are you going to go and try to collect it? No, right? What are you going to do? You're going to be concerned about something bigger. So Allah's reminding us of priorities. That all this money that you thought will go down with you in the grave, it didn't go down with the grave. On the day of judgment, we're going to bring it out. All the resources, the gold and the oil. Isn't that what wars are, being, are happening about nowadays? Right or no? Why are people fighting wars? Why are countries fighting wars and killing people in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions? It's all because of what? Resources. And where are these resources? Underground. Allah is saying on that day, all these resources that you've been fighting over... I'll bring them out in front of your eyes. Yalla. Have your oil now. Enjoy your gold now. Enjoy your diamonds now. You know? Enjoy your aluminum and copper now. Yeah? All these resources. And so we will have no interest in this. You know? No interest. You have other priorities. You'll have your own accountability. And so here, who's being a witness to man's, this man's corruption? The earth. The earth itself is being a witness over us. Okay? And then Allah says, وَقَالَ الْإِنسَانُ مَا لَهَا On that day. The insan will say, what's going on? It's going to wonder, what's go- why is this earth shaking? مَا لَهَا And Allah says, وَقَالَ الْإِنسَانُ He didn't say nas. He didn't say وَقَالَ nas. He says الْإِنسَانُ Why? He's reminding us we're going to be there on our own. You're going to be running away from your wife and kids and brother and sister and parents you're going to run away you're going to, why are you going to run away we talked about this earlier why in fear that they may have things against you 
You know, your parents will, will want to get some of your ajr on that day. Your employee who you did injustice to, he will want to catch you. You know, he's going to run after you, you're going to run away from him. Why? Because people will want to seek justice. And subhanAllah, this reminds me of a true story that I heard of, of these uh, two businessmen, okay? They were in the trade business, and so uh, there was some problem with the shipment order, okay? So this guy asked his friend that, I can't do the shipment under my name, I need like a sponsor or something. So can you please be the sponsor? So the sponsor says, sure. And they're like really good friends, okay? So there's trust and everything. So the shipment is done completely under the sponsor's name. And the shipment is huge. It's like, you know, a million dollar shipment. So the shipment comes. It's under that guy's name. Overnight, what does he do? He closes his phone, everything, and takes the shipment for himself. The guy calls him up and says, hey, khair, man, yani, do me a favor. Thank you so much for taking the shipment under your name. Can I have it back now, inshallah? So he's like, what shipment? <laughs> Who are you? I don't know you. Sorry, wrong number. Close the phone. And literally, he like, disconnects himself from this guy and takes the million dollar goods and enjoys his money, right? And so subhanAllah, that guy keeps calling him, calling calling until he, re he reaches a point where he gives up. You know, sometimes you follow your haqq, right? Your, what you deserve. But you reach a point where yeah, wasting time. You got to move on, okay? So you know what he does? And this guy's old, okay? The one who injustice happened to him, he's really old. So he, he writes a letter, okay? Um, and he gives it to his son and says, when I die, true story, huh, guys? He says, when I die, I want you to pray janazah on me. Pick up my janazah. Before going to my grave, I want you to pass by this man's house. And give him that letter and let him read it, please. And you read it to him in public, yani, in front of everybody. He said, this is my shart, yani. I want you to do this for me. And the son hasn't read the letter, nothing. He, he writes the letter and folds it and tells him. And so, you know, when the time comes, the father dies. And so the son remembers. This is amana. It's a trust that the father has given him. So... They pray janazah, they do the ghusl, pray janazah, and the son remembers, we have to go pass by this man's house. So they literally, with the janazah, they go, ring the bell, man comes out, and the son opens the paper and reads it out loud to him. What's written on the uh, paper? Three words. Zalamtani, in Arabic, Zalamtani, mawidna, yawm al-qiyamah. You have done injustice to me. My appointment with you is on the Day of Judgment. SubhanAllah. So imagine how that guy must have felt now. Khas. No matter how many rak'ahs he prays now, and how much Qur'an he reads, and how many hajjs he does, what's going to happen? On that day, you know, there's going to be accountability. Because this is hukuq al-ibad. It's not hukuq Allah. Allah can forgive you. If you mess up with Allah, you miss Salat al-Fajr, you know, you do some mistakes here and there, you know, you slip, you drink alcohol, you, you know, commit zina, whatever. These are all slips that you can, Allah can forgive you. But hukuq al-ibad, when you do a full, those hukuq, it has to be settled. And, uh, you know, the Prophet described the person who was bankrupt. He said to the Sahaba, do you know who was bankrupt? The Sahaba said, yeah, of course we know. The guy who has a business and it's... You know, gets ruined and he loses all his money and he goes in the minus. He becomes a millionaire and debit, yani, right? 
That is the bankrupt. And so Rasulullah said, no. The, the, this is not the bankrupt. The real bankrupt is the one who comes on the day of judgment with a lot of good deeds. He has a lot of Quran. He has a lot of khatmas in Ramadan. A lot of qiyam. A lot of, you know, uh, Quran and salah and zakat and sadaqat and everything. But then he sees this man coming and asking him for his rights. This man coming in and saying, Dhalamani. He did injustice to me. That guy did injustice to me. He did injustice to me. So all these people come and ask for good deeds from this guy. So his mountain of good deeds starts slowly, slowly getting less and less and less until it is nothing but dust. And so this is the true bankrupt person who thinks he has a lot of good deeds, a lot of ibadat, a lot of, you know, sadaqat and ch charity giving and fasting and Quran. But hukuq al-ibad, if we don't take care of that, then on the day of judgment, there's going to be trouble. So this, this insan says, وَقَالَ الْإِنسَانُ مَا لَهَا And you know, why, why does Allah use the word insan in the Qur'an? I keep telling you. To remind us that we are forgetful. Remind, remember this. Whenever you read the word insan in the Qur'an, stop and tell yourself, Allah wants me to pay attention to this ayah because this is something that I keep forgetting. Because insan comes from the root word nasiyah, which means to forget. Okay? And so what, is, what has insan forgotten on this day? When what has he forgotten? He forgot that this was a warning that was given to him over and over and over again in dunya. He forgot that the Quran talked about this. He forgot, and Allah is talking to disbelievers here. Allah, the Prophet warned them over and over again. The Prophet through the Quran, the Quran's warning them this day will come, it will come, it will come. But you know, like sometimes you keep reminding someone so much, what happens then? That reminder goes in the, it goes in the back burner, right? It becomes in the unconscious mind. Then you get bored of it. Okay, it's there. It's in the back of my mind. You forgot it. And so when the earth starts shaking on that day, this disbeliever will not remember. He'll not, he'll not connect the dots, you know? If he's smart, what will he do? Ah, this is the day that the Prophet... Uh, warned me of this is the day that the Quran warned me of this is the day that I heard about in that dars this is the day that I've been hearing about all the time so he's going to connect the dots right the sane person but this person what's he saying Malaha, what's wrong with this earth what's going on he, he's not he's even on that day he is not remembering subhanallah he's going to forget and so subhanallah yani, this is something for us to think about you know certain like Allah keeps talking about certain things in the Qur'an over and over and over again. Like the reminders of the Day of Judgment, reminder of being just, reminders of you know, remembering death, reminders of you know, fulfilling the roles of your you know, ibad and, and taking care of the weak people, the orphans, the, the sick and the people who are less fortunate than you. All these reminders are repeated in the Qur'an. Why? Because we keep forgetting them. You know, the story of Musa alayhi salam. Musa alayhi salam is one of the most repeated prophets mentioned in the Quran. More than Rasulullah more than Isa salam, more than any other prophet. Why? Because it's the story of Bani Israel, a people who had a lot of knowledge, but they didn't follow the knowledge. They didn't apply that knowledge. Does that ring a bell with Muslims nowadays? Yes? Many, most Muslims know you need to pray five times a day. Are there Muslims today who are not pray, praying five times a day, although they know they should? Bani Israel, same attitude. 
Muslims know they should not be dealing with riba. Do they still deal with riba? Yeah. Bani Israel did the same thing. They had knowledge, but they didn't apply the knowledge. Muslims know they should not be cheating on their wives. They shouldn't be cheating in their businesses. They shouldn't be cheating with their bosses at work. Are they still doing it? Yes. Why? They have knowledge, but they're not applying it. And so, Musa alayhi story is repeated over and over again to remind us Bani Israel did, did these mistakes. Please, Muslims, don't repeat the same mistakes. Learn from history. But when Musa alayhi story comes, what do we say? Ah, I know, I know Musa's story. It's the story of the staff turning into a snake, right? Yeah, I know that story. Yes. Fir'aun was killing babies. I know, I know that story. Let's move on to something else, right? We you know, discredit it and we just try to skip these lessons. Allah is saying, no, 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 pay attention. I'm repeating it because this is what you keep forgetting. You know? So, يَوْمَ إِذَنْ تُحَدِّثُ أَخْبَارَهَا On that day, and remember this word when it comes, يَوْمَ إِذَنْ, it's a warning from Allah. Allah is upset. يَوْمَ إِذَنْ On that day, there's no doubt, no, no doubt about it. This earth will تُحَدِّثُ أَخْبَارَهَا It will mention its news. It will mention its news, it will speak of its news. It will be like there will be a report that will be going on. Okay? Tuhadithu akhbaraha. And so, tuhadithu comes from the root word hadith or hadith, which means a news that is new. Okay? A news that is new. It is something that is fresh in your mind. Okay? And so, in a way, that man, he didn't forget, or this insan, he forgot, right? What's the purpose of this zilzal? Allah is saying, this earth will become a witness against this man and it will start, according to some ulama, this earth will be a witness and it will start telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what this insan did, what bad things this man did, what, how disobedient he was, how ungrateful he was, how unjust he was. You know, this disease of arrogance and ignorance, all of this will be reported by who? By earth. To hadithu akhbara. And it will be like it's new news for this It'll be like he's hearing it for the first time. And Allah used the word khabar, not naba'. Remember? It's worth the naba'. Naba' is also a news. Khabar is also a news. But there's some subtlety in the meaning. Naba' is a, a, a news of a great event that's coming in the future. Right? Or even in the present. But khabar is about what? Something in the past. If you open the news, does it tell you what's going to happen tomorrow? No, it tells you what happened yesterday. So see the precision of the word? Allah is saying on that day the earth will, will start talking It will give the report of what happened in the past It will give all the news, all the khabars And you know all these news that we hear of Like people being killed in the thousands Mystery, death, burglaries That have you know, been unresolved All these mysteries the earth will start saying You want to know what really happened? I'll tell you I'll give you the full report تُحَدِّثُ أَخْبَارَهَا بِأَنَّ رَبَّكَ أَوْحَالَهَا Why will it do that? Because your master, Allah now is shifting the focus to the Prophet ﷺ and saying, because your master, Ya Rasulullah, he inspired the earth to speak up. So literally Allah will allow the earth, inspire the earth to speak up. Wahi, this is kind of wahi. So wahi we're learning is not only for Anbiya and Prophets in the Qur'an. Allah says, وَأُوحَى رَبُّكَ إِلَى النَّحْلِ Also, that Allah gave revelation and inspiration to the bee also. Here we're learning Allah gave wahi to the earth. In Musa Islam's story, Allah gave wahi to Musa's mother, throw the baby in the river. You know? So wahi doesn't only go through two prophets, 
it goes also to certain uh, other things that Allah has mentioned in the Quran. So, He's, it's as if Allah is saying, Allah is giving the earth the permission to complain now. Okay, I know, I know you've been like suffering a lot and you've been handling all these complaints in your mind. Now is the time for you to complain. Say whatever you want to say. I know you've been patient. This earth, it's as if earth has been patient. It's, it wants to complain. On that day, Allah will allow it to complain. Then Allah says, يَوْمَ إِذَنْ يَصْدُرُ النَّاسُ أَشْتَاتًا لِيُرَوْ أَعْمَالَهُمْ On that day, again, يَوْمَ إِذَنْ repeated. What did I say it means? Warning. On that day, you know how like you tell someone, you wait and see on that day. This is يَوْمَ إِذَنْ يَوْمَ إِذَنْ يَصْدُرُ النَّاسُ أَشْتَاتًا Yasdur means that they will, you know how like sometimes someone goes out of uh, their house, to do something like go to the supermarket then you come back home that's called yastur so Allah here is saying that they will come back on that day they will come back on that day and here now Allah is saying nas. again reminding us we, we keep forgetting this you know we keep forgetting this moment that day they will come back from their graves on the day of judgment ashtatan from shatta which means to be separated into different groups and so we've talked about this earlier, but what kind of groups? Of course, the believers will be in a different group. This believer is in another group. Hypocrites will be in a special group. Those who consumed riba will be in a special group. Those of zina will be a special group. Those of alcohol will be in a special group. Those who did, uh, conducted haram business and mutaffifin, they will be in a special group. Those leaders who did zulm on their people, they will be in a special group. The people who didn't treat their parents nicely, they will be in a special group. The people who didn't pay zakat will be in a special group. People who didn't pray will be in a special group. So Allah is saying, they will be spread, split into groups on that day. Yasturun nasu. They will come out from their graves into different groups. And we saw this in the previous surah, right? Khairul bariya and sharrul bariya, two different groups. And of course, those who excelled will be in a different group. The people of charity will be in a different group. People of siyam will be in a different group. The people of Qur'an will be in a different group. The people of knowledge will be in a different group. People of da'wah to non-Muslims will be in a different group. The youth who are active in, in you know, doing good work for this deen, they will be in a special group. The wives who took care of their children will be in a special group. You know? The people who took care of the orphans will be in a different group. So both ways, there's groups on either side. And Allah says, what? So that they can see what? A'malahum. So they can see A'malahum. And Allah didn't say af'alahum. What's the difference between fi'l and amal? Fi'l is something you do without thinking about it, right? Here, A'malahum. Allah is saying you have no excuse on that day. Don't say, uh, I didn't know that, you know, I'm not supposed to cheat in my business. I don't know, I'm not supposed to, to commit zina. No, A'malahum. They thought about it. They knew the consequences, but they still decided to do it. That's amal. Okay? And then Allah says about the two groups. This is the conclusion. فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَةٍ خَيْرًا يَرَهُ وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَةٍ شَرًا يَرَهُ This is basically the summary. Whoever does even an atom's weight of good will see it on that day. And whoever does an atom's weight of evil will see it on that day. Allah started with khair and then shar. So let's talk a little bit about this. So again, فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ Allah used, not, not يَفْعَلْ فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ The one who does consciously, he knows what he's getting into, but he still does it. If it's a good deed, مِثْخَالَ ذَرَّةٍ خَيْرًا He will see it. 
Literally, you will see it. And yara, there's different words in the Arabic language for seeing. Allah used the word yara, which means to physically see. You will see that deed. It will be recorded somewhere. You will see it. You will see that smile that you gave as a sadaqah. Because here Allah is talking about mithqala dharra. Those small deeds. You know, and mithqala dharra literally means something that weighs the size of a dharra. Dharra has different meanings. One of its meanings is an atom. Okay, in, in the language of science. In the language of the Arabs, they used to call a, you know, a particle of dust. You know, sometimes the windows open and sunlight's coming through and you see particles of dust. One of those particles is dharra. Now, how much does that dharra weigh? You can't weigh it on a scale, but on the, on the Day of Judgment, Allah will be able to weigh that mitqala dharra. That small good deed that you did. SubhanAllah. And Arabs also used to call the ant's egg dharra also. So there's different interpretations here. But what we're talking about is small, small deeds that we sometimes overlook. And sometimes, you know, we do these small deeds and no one sees them. And then no one appreciates you. And no one says, thank you. Jazakallah khair. And we sometimes feel upset. Man, no one said, thank you, yaqi. No one, kisiko kadar niti, you know? No one appreciated. No one clapped. No one hit the like button. You know, no one followed, no one commented with something nice. Allah is saying, you will see it. I've recorded it for you. Don't seek appreciation from people. And you know, a lot of people, if they don't, seek, if they don't get appreciation from people, you know what they do with these small deeds? They stop doing them. Only five people coming to the dars. Khas guys, let's just cancel this man. No use. No impact. You know? We'll try again next Ramadan. Maybe we'll do marketing and promotions. Inshallah we'll have full house. So you stop the good deed. Why? Because you feel that it's worth nothing. No impact. Allah is saying, no, no, no. This mithqala dharra, it's worth a lot. And you will see it. So Allah is encouraging us. These small acts, this, you know, you check your wallet, someone's asking for money, all you have is 100 fils. Don't say, no, 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 I won't give 100 fils, inshallah tomorrow I'll give 10 dinars. I'll give big. I was saying, no, give that 100 fils. Don't delay. You don't, you don't guarantee you're going to live till tomorrow. Give it. If you, don't have if you have only change, just give it. So this is like motivation for us to do good deeds in this ayah. Whatever it is. You know, you don't have money to give, smile. smile. The Prophet says smiling is charity. That's sadaqah. You feeding your wife uh, a, a spoon of like whatever you're eating, like feeding her with your spoon, with your hands, is sadaqah. How much does it cost? It doesn't cost anything, right? Removing garbage from the street, sadaqah. You know? And with every dhikr we do, we have countless, like, we don't even comprehend the ajr we get. Subhanallah wa bihamdih, subhanallah al-azim. You know, Allah said, uh, the Prophet said, Tamla'ul mizan, it fills the mizan. This, just these words, subhanallah wa bihamdih, subhanallah al-azim. If you know what they mean, of course, and you internalize it, and you say it, Tamla'ul mizan, it fills the scales. But do we have yaqeen in this? Do we really have full certainty that Yes, this word does have that weight. Unfortunately, no. Right? 
we have knowledge of it. Yeah, yeah I know that hadith. Sahih hadith in Muslim, right? Yeah. So we have knowledge of it, but we don't internalize it. Surah Al-Ikhlas, one-third of the Qur'an. Do we really believe that? You know? Certain adhkar, يعني, I don't want to get into Jesus, but certain adhkar that if you say, it's as if you uh, planted a palm tree in Jannah. You know, or you built a house in Jannah with that dhikr. A couple of words you say, يعني, you know? Literally, palm tree. And, and you know, one sheikh, once I was sitting in a dars in Jeddah, and he says, okay guys, uh, it's time to plant some palm trees, inshallah, let's take a break. He was doing a dars, took a break, and he's like, okay, uh, you know, one minute of planting palm trees in Jannah. And so he, he uh, told us what the dhikr is, okay? I forget, any, any idea what it is? There's this dhikr that you say to plant palm trees in Jannah, okay? So, um, hmm? yeah, some, something. Okay, so he's like, khalas, let's start, one minute. And so everyone's saying it, saying it, saying it. Once the minute was over, he's like, "Ah, oh, guys, do you really believe that there are palm trees now in Jannah with, with the number of dhikr you made? He said, you will see it on, in Jannah, inshallah. Every single palm tree that you did dhikr with in this one minute, you will see it there. So subhanAllah, if we, if we change the way we perceive these small things and we start applying it in our lives, like Prophet told us, all these adhkar that we do, right? Athkar al-Sabah, especially after Fajr, Athkar al-Masa, after Maghrib. These small Athkar, Istighfar, SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. You know, these small treasures that are so heavy in weight, but we don't give them much regard, you know. We don't bother. We memorize songs and we memorize jokes. We memorize quotes from movies, you know. Dialogues and stuff, you know. But this is this is the real business, guys. Wallahi, yani. So you know, this is homework for all of us to inshallah do some research on what are what are those athkar that have huge benefit. What can build me a palace in Jannah? What could build me a palm, palm tree? Plant me a palm tree in Jannah? What could you know give me real like like the Prophet Prophet said that whoever prays Fajr in Jama'ah, wa fi dhimmatillah. He is in the security of Allah. Allah guarantees security for you. How many of us like pray Fajr with this in mind? Like this yaqeen, certainty that yes, nothing can harm me today. Nothing can harm me. You know, yaqeen. And we'll talk about yaqeen inshallah in more depth when, it, when we come to that surah inshallah. The surah of yaqeen. Um, so um, the idea here is do not underestimate any good deed. And do whatever is in your means. And don't just focus on things that are athkar, also helping people. Sometimes, you know, certain hadith, I don't want to quote you hadith, because I'm not a muhadith, but certain hadith that have the meaning that helping your brother with a task, let's say your brother wants to be dropped to the airport, helping them with that task is better than praying 40 years or something like that. You know, there's hadith of that sort. Now, what do we f- give more weight to? Salah. 40 years salah, of course, you know. Allah saying, no, helping your brother. Your brother has a, he calls you and he says, you know, I need to be dropped off somewhere. Or, you know, can you please uh, you know, buy this thing for me and bring it? Or, you know, tire is punctured. That act is heavier in the eyes of Allah than worship. So, حقوق العباد, you know, the rights of the people. And here we're not just talking about Muslims, even non-Muslims, atheists, munafiqs, ballin, drunk people, any, anybody. You help, you know, 
You go out of your way and you help. And so it may seem small to you, but it is accounted for. You will see it. And then Allah on the other side says, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ شَرًّا يَرَهَ Also, equally, the deeds that you feel are, you know, we call them صغائر, صغيره. It's okay, it's صغير only. And I just took a glance. That glance that you think no one saw, if you don't do tawbah, of course, any. And you get into the habit of those glances and you say, it's, it's okay, I'm praying qiyam, inshallah, it's okay. You know, that hurtful word you say to someone, that, you know, these small things that we do, Allah is saying you will see it. And here some ulama say you will actually see even those deeds that Allah forgave you for. Allah will show you, remember this bad deed? Yeah, I forgave it for you. He'll show it to you, you'll get to see it. Like, oh no, Allah, please, please don't open that chapter, ya Allah. I know, I know, I know, you, you did istighfar, I know, Laylatul Qadr, I deleted it for you, don't worry, relax. I'm just showing it to you. You know, so why, why would Allah show it to us? Is it like mental torture or something? Ma'adullah. Allah is showing it us so we can appreciate His mercy and His forgiveness. He will tell us, remember this night, what you did, who you were with, where you were? I deleted it for you. You know? And so... Um, do not underestimate bad deeds. And of course here, Allah is telling us that, you know, we need to constantly do checks and um, audits of ourselves. And I mentioned this yesterday, right? When you're saying, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, do a self-audit. Ramadan is the time to do audits. Ask yourself, where, where am I messing up? What are my weaknesses? Because who's, who's blinding you from your weaknesses and your bad habits? Shaitan. Shaitan makes you feel that you are an angel, you are masoom, you have no sins, you are fine, you are going to Jannah straight away. So what we need to do with the istighfar is remove the blind of shaitan and try to really analyze, what am I doing? Is my business purely halal or no? Am I doing anything wrong in my job? Am I really working hard to earn my halal income? Am I, do I have any relatives that I've hurt that I need to say sorry to? Do I have any neighbors that are upset with me? Because I, I park my car in front of their house. Because I bother them with noise. You know? These, these akhlaq that uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps uh, emphasizing on. And you know, here there's a very important point. Question to you. What's more important in the eyes of Allah? Abada or akhlaq? Actually, there are two sides to the same coin. Okay? Um, yes, the bottom result is Allah wants us to be people of good khalaq because the Prophet said I was sent for one purpose only to fulfill these good manners and good akhlaq and so the connection is or the question is what's the connection between ibadat and akhlaq if you think about it salah is supposed to teach us what? akhlaq salah is supposed to prevent you from being someone who is you know bad akhlaq it's supposed to make you a merciful person when you say Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim in Fatiha. It's supposed to teach you mercy. What is Siyam? What is the object of Siyam? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Read the ayah in Baqarah. You know, that Siyam was prescribed on you for one purpose. That's the mission statement. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So the question is now, after Ramadan, exercise for all of us. There is a test that you can do to actually figure out if Allah accepted your Ramadan or not. 
You know what the test is? Very simple. Ask yourself one question. Do I have more taqwa now or no? If the question is yes, then mabruk. Allah accepted you Ramadan. You are someone who is now more aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is taqwa? It's being aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is watching you. Being careful of you know, what you do. Being more conscious of your decisions. You know? And so if you are someone who became more conscious of your decisions, you're more accountable, you're more serious about your decisions, then mabruk. But if you're going back to the same habits, then the, the mission was so that you may attain taqwa. If you do not attain the mission, you know, you haven't fulfilled the purpose. And you, an, an easier way of understanding this is, let's say your boss tells you in the company, okay, uh, for the month of uh, August, this is our target. We have to achieve X number of units, X number of sales. Everyone okay? So everyone's okay. You go and you work hard, you work hard, you work hard. End of the month. Okay, guys, show me the numbers. Mashallah, all of you worked hard. There's appreciation. We're, you all worked hard. Okay? But let's see the numbers now. Right? And you see the numbers. You didn't hit the target. Do you deserve a bonus? Do you deserve a bonus for that month? Question. No, you didn't achieve a target. Do you deserve to be fired? No, inshallah, you don't deserve to be fired. Okay? Because you worked hard. Inshallah, next month. But that bonus, because technically, Laylat al-Qadr and Ramadan, it's all about the bonus, right? It's about deleting your sins and being freed from hellfire, right? So, so you hit the target, you'll get your bonus. You don't hit the target, Allah won't fire you. Ma'adullah. Allah is Rahman Rahim, right? But the bonus, you missed out. Sorry. You, you didn't focus on the objective, the target you missed. So, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ And taqwa comes when you are cautious of these small things. You know, that wrong glance, that what, what you say, you know, what you do at work, you know, even uh, comments that we throw, what, how you spend your time, you know, what priorities you have over time. Your, your feelings of ego. When someone says something to you, do you get upset? By the way, it's, it's interesting about ego, right? So arrogance is actually a, f- a fruit of ego. Because why do people get angry? People get angry when someone upsets them and, and touches their ego, right? Otherwise, if you were someone who's humble, even if someone slaps you, what are you going to do? Let's say your mom slaps you, right? If you have an ego issue, you might react. You might shout at her, you might shout at her. Some, we've seen cases where some even beat up their parents. You know, good luck to these guys. But if you don't react, that means you have humility. If you react even a little bit, you have an ego issue. You have an ego issue. And you know, subhanAllah, uh, you know, one of the really beautiful statements I heard, I think it was Mufti Taqi Uthmani, he said this, that when you claim that you don't have arrogance, that is the biggest sign of arrogance. So you cannot claim, you cannot say, Alhamdulillah, I have no arrogance. That is a statement of arrogance. That is the biggest sign. So we got to always have this sense of, you know, Man, I have arrogance. I need to check myself. I need to check myself. Astaghfirullah. Ya Allah, put me in my place. Ya Allah, I'm so sorry, you know. I keep forgetting, Ya Allah. 
So, um, taqwa, right? Some people play games with odd nights. You know, I had once a friend, like, you know, who was playing games with odd nights. You know, because Ramadan, they say, last 10 nights, odd nights. So, you know, he was a player, yeah, and a playboy, you know? He has, it's like, good-looking, money, a lot of girl phone numbers on his phone, right? And so, in the odd nights, he would shut his phone off. Even nights, phone is back on, you know? He's playing games. This guy's not serious, Yanni. You know? He's trying to, Yanni, get the bonus the wrong way. He's not understanding what's the real objective. And so, this, this idea of evil, evil deeds. You know, this, we have this concept that sometimes... We take it easy on Sagha'ir and Kaba'ir we take really seriously, right? This is another thing. And I'll end with this comment, okay? This idea of Sagira versus Kabira. You know what the Sahaba used to say? That um, we don't look at how small the bad deed is. We look at how grand and how majestic the commander is. You know, don't look at how, how small your sin is. Look at how big is the master you're disobeying. So it's a different perspective, you know. Don't focus on sins. Focus on your master. How, you know, how grand and how majestic and how honorable he is. You know, Allah. You're disobeying Allah? Instead of focusing on the sin. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's just a small sin. And here, you know, I, I did this homework also, like just to do some research on what's the difference between Sagheera and Kabira, because it was uh, connected to our deaths, right? Just to, Sagheera means small weight, right? Kabira means big weight. And so small weight, you take it easy, you make tawbah and istighbar. So I did some research, I came across, like a lot of people were commenting on a book that was written by an Imam al Dhahabi. His name is Shamsuddin al Dhahabi, and the book's name is Al Kabair. Okay, so out of curiosity, I just went inside the, just to see. I didn't read the book, just table of contents, because what's nice about these books, they give you the, the content in the table of contents, or in the index, you know, what, what are the kaba'ir? So I was expecting, yani how, what kind of number would you expect, like 5, 10, right? 20 max, right? 76. 76 things that he according to his research of Qur'an and Sunnah, that he, yani, he classified as Kabira. SubhanAllah. You know, and I actually, you want me to read out a few of them for you? Just for you to like, you know? I don't want to end it on a negative note, yani, but the idea here is, like things like, um, so of course, killing, killing a nafs innocently, riba, you know, magic, Leaving Salah, Kabira, the one who doesn't pray, the one who doesn't pay, pay zakah, the one who uh, dis, uh, disconnects himself from his parents, riba, eating the yatim's food unjustly, quoting a hadith of the Prophet that's not associated to him, al kadhab al Rasul, saying something he never said. Fa- uh, breaking your fast in Ramadan without an excuse. 
<coughs> running away from the enemy on the day of, uh, on, the, on the battlefield. Um, the, the leader who cheats his people, drinking alcohol, arrogance and thinking that you're better than others, kabira. Uh, the wrong testimony, you know, so you give a false testimony in court. Uh, of course, um, pro- uh, prostitution, you know, those who sell their bodies. And the pimp you, who's doing the business also, both, yani. Okay, and um, homosexuality is there. Accusing a chaste woman who is like honorable of uh, doing committing zina falsely without any witnesses. And how many witnesses you should have? Four. Okay. Um, and then there's other things like stealing, suicide. You know, eating, cheating people out of their money unjustly. You know, mutaffifin. The, the judge who is corrupt, okay? Um, the transvestites, you know, people who, like males that dress up like females and do operations, to, and, and the opposite also, you know? Eating, of course, haram food, like, you know, pork and things that are haram. Uh, not cleansing yourself from urine, urination. And, and being tahur, right? Like when, you're, when you go to the bathroom, Cleansing yourself, if you don't do that, it's a kabira, according to the alim. Uh, and then there is, uh, someone asks you for, for water and you don't give him. You have water, but you don't give him. Kabira. Gambling. This is interesting. Leaving uh, the Jum'ah, not going to Jum'ah prayers. Praying alone, without an excuse. Um, tajassus spying spying on others so you have like your friend's email account you check him you have his Facebook profile you go inside you check out his personal things you know um, so it's there's so many other things subhanAllah but I mean you guys get the idea right the one who breaks his ties from his family doesn't talk to his uncle his aunt his brother Believing, believing the fortune teller or the horoscope. If you believe it, kabira. Um, the woman, if she rejects her husband's commands with no excuse and if he calls her to bed and she rejects it, kabira, imagine. Uh, hitting yourself and torturing yourself. Mm. What else, what else? Uh, Cursing the Sahaba and disrespecting the Sahaba. Wearing silk and, and gold for men. Eating from gold spoon and, and uh, plates, you know. This is, by the way, very common in like, fancy restaurants. People don't pay attention to this. Um, yeah, so you guys get the idea, right? I mean, so to wrap this up, what, what are, how do you, if you, Ma'adullah have one of these kabiras, inshallah you can refer to the book, it's called Al-Kaba'ir by Imam Al-Dhabi. Um, and of course this is his ijtihad, right? It's just one opinion. So I'm not saying this is it, this is all the kaba'ir. It's just for you to think about. And so what, are, what is the, how do you cl- cleanse yourself from kaba'ir? You have to do tawbah, sincere tawbah to Allah. You fulfill the shurut of tawbah. One, you, feel reg- you stop doing it, number one. Number two, feel regret. 
and you know, promise Allah you never do it again, you know? And uh, if it involves someone else, if you've like, you know, disrespected your uncle, then you need to go and say sorry tonight. Then, you, know, you need to settle the score, say sorry, apologize, and have that feeling of regret that, and, and promise Allah you will never do it again, inshallah, and you'll be fine, inshallah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us people who, inshallah, um, are uh, people who are consciously aware of you know, the good deeds they do, and may Allah protect us from these minor, minor and major sins. And he, may He make us people who, inshallah, are optimistic about doing good deeds and, and getting into the business of earning our Jannah, inshallah. And protect, may He protect us and our families from the punishment of the hellfire and from the shaking of the Day of Judgment. Jazakumullahu khayran. Subhanakallahu bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nasafirakam atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.